Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Jasmine Minchez, and in this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. Today, we're going to be talking about contemporary poet Lee Young Lee. Born on August 19, 1957 in Jakarta, Indonesia, Lee Young Lee's family history is as unique as his poetic voice. Of Chinese heritage, his maternal great-grandfather was actually China's first Republican president, Yuan Shikai. Before Lee was born, his father was a personal physician to Mao Zedong, and in Jakarta, he helped found Gamaliel University. Due to rising anti-Chinese sentiment in Indonesia, while Lee was very young, his father was imprisoned, and after he was released, the family fled the country. They spent five years moving from Hong Kong to Macau to Japan, before moving to the United States in 1964, where Lee would spend the rest of his childhood. They continued to move frequently, from Seattle to Maryland to New York, before finally settling in Pennsylvania. Dr. Lee, who had converted to Christianity while raising his children with Taoist meditation and practices, attended seminary and became a Presbyterian minister in their small community of Vandergrift. Lee Young has expressed how his childhood instability has impacted him in a variety of ways. Lee says that growing up poor has made him feel strange about the concept of ownership and has shifted his values away from material things. Having grown up in so many different cities with so many people, Lee says that he feels a strong urge to turn inward, to spend time self-reflecting. He also feels quite uncertain about his relationship to the countries he lived in and the cultures he grew up around. He described it as feeling exiled from a state of identity, unsure of whether to label himself Chinese, Chinese-American, Asian-American, or American. The instability of his youth also left him with a fraught definition of home. For Lee Young and his sister and brothers, home was an insecure place, and they did not feel protected from the turbulent realities of the world around them. Quote, When I look at the world we live in today, I see that my family and I aren't a special case, but standard and the majority. What can home mean to anyone these days except crisis? Our earth home itself is suffering massive, crisis. Maybe the word home is more important than ever to contemplate, but I can't seem to get my head around it." End quote. He reflected on how this worldview is not exclusive to him or his family. One specific way in which Lee Young contextualized his experience was through his parents' culture. He situated his own exile in a long tradition of historical and mythic exiles from Chinese and Christian history. His experience facing and witnessing violence directed towards himself and his family made Lee very thoughtful about how violence is assimilated into a person's nature. He knows firsthand how one can react by becoming more compassionate or by becoming violent themselves. Lee Young was involved with martial arts for many years and was very aware of the fine line between courage and bullying within that male-dominated sport. On the other hand, Leah said that his parents became all the more compassionate, forgiving, and loving because of the difficulties they faced. Themes of family and love often figure into his writing. Lee writes about the ways in which he glorified his parents as a child, bits of his father's sermons, and faint memories of his early childhood like his Indonesian nanny's hair. His writing is deeply emotional. 
He has written significantly about his father's death and his own grief and mourning. Lee Young Lee is known for his lyrical poetry, especially his use of silence. Lee has even written poetry about how he didn't speak until the age of three and went through bouts of silence as a child. The thing that obsesses me is always beyond language. Language is almost an inconvenience, he said in an interview with the Association of Writers and Writing Programs. So it's easy to see why Emily Dickinson is a huge influence for Lee, because her writing often implies her meanings while expressing something that she can't say explicitly. As a multilingual writer concerned with the insufficiency of language to communicate, Lee says that he feels that writing in any language comes up against this problem. Lee speaks Mandarin, Cantonese, Malaysian, and a bit of Japanese. But he also sees the vast potential of every loaded word. When Lee Young first learned English, he began to write little rhymes for his mother, like, Here is a fish. Make a nice dish. Though he didn't begin to write seriously until he was in college. Religion has also been a central influence of Lee's work. In fact, he describes his writing process as a sort of spiritual practice. While writing, he likes to meditate, unplug from technology, and talk as little as possible in order to listen for the poems. Poetry in particular, he feels, is language endowed with something sacred. It is also through writing that Lee feels that he is able to commune with, question, and understand God and himself. Lee often asks open-ended questions in his writing, which he says is a way for him to admit to his own ignorance, to move a poem forward, and to express that his whole being is a question. When asked about his definition of God, Lee Young described his spirituality as a sort of objectless love, in the ecstatic tradition, not a love for a being, but a love for intelligence, for the world, and something beyond the world. Though he has said that he doesn't attend church regularly, his life is full of spirituality through his poetry and he fills his poetry with sacred symbols of his religious background and his grappling with God. Alongside the Christian tradition, Li's poetry is also influenced by the classical Chinese poetry that his parents would recite to him growing up, particularly poets like Li Bo and Tu Fu. Li says that his work has been shaped by the feeling of a voice speaking within the context of a larger voice, in the poetry of the Tang and Sung dynasties. Li Young Li also describes his writing process as very bodily. When he feels the poem's presence, he says that he can read it with my belly and the soles of my feet, my hips, arms, and my neck. The revision process, he says, is like uncovering the deeper will beneath his own, a process of dialogue with himself reminiscent of the multi-voiced poetry that he grew up hearing his parents recite. Lee Young attended the University of Pittsburgh for undergrad and spent a year each at the University of Arizona and the State University of New York at Brockport, where he didn't graduate but did receive an honorary degree in 1998. It was at the University of Pittsburgh when he studied with the poet Gerald Stern that Lee says that he began writing seriously and frequently, but after college, Lee Young's career was as non-linear as his upbringing. Lee and his brother opened a restaurant for a year and a half, which actually won an award for the best chicken wings at the Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia. Before graduate school, he worked at a warehouse packing up books. He even had a fairly successful jewelry business with his brother, which they started one day after drinking a can of Coke and shaping it with some garden shears into a pair of earrings. When his sister-in-law wore them to work, her co-workers loved them and they decided to sell them at the Maxwell Street Flea Market in Chicago. A woman from Nordstrom saw them there and began to buy them. They sold to Saks Fifth Avenue and their clientele just kept getting bigger and bigger. Their jewelry was worn in the movie Pretty in Pink, 
Cosmopolitan magazine and was featured in a spread in Vogue. Lee has also tried teaching, which he says he doesn't like, but he continues to write and give readings of his poetry. He currently lives and works in Chicago with his wife Donna and their two sons. Lee Young Lee is the author of five collections of poetry, The Undressing, published in 2018, Behind My Eyes, published in 2008, Book of My Nights, published in 2001, The City in Which I Love You, published in 1990, and Rose, published in 1986, as well as the memoir The Winged Seed, A Remembrance, published in 95. He is the recipient of a Delmore Schwartz Memorial Poetry Award, a Laughlin Award, a William Carlos Williams Award, an American Book Award, a Lannan Literary Award, the Penn Oakland Josephine Miles Award, the I.B. Lavin Award, three Pushcart Prizes, and a Whiting Writers Award. He has also been the recipient of fellowships from the Academy of American Poets and the Guggenheim Foundation, and grants from the Illinois Arts Council, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts, and the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm now going to share the poem, A Story, which shows how Lee Young Lee shares memories of his relationship with his father using his characteristic subtle language and subdued tone. This is A Story by Lee Young Lee. Sad is the man who has asked for a story and can't come up with one. His five-year-old son waits in his lap. Not the same story, Baba. A new one. The man rubs his chin, scratches his ear. In a room full of books in a world of stories, he can recall not one, and soon, he thinks, the boy will give up on his father. Already the man lives far ahead. He sees the day this boy will go. Don't go. Hear the alligator story, the angel story, once more. You love the spider story. You laugh at the spider. Let me tell it. But the boy is packing his shirts. He is looking for his keys. Are you a god? The man screams. That I sit mute before you? Am I a god that I should never disappoint? But the boy is here. Please, Baba. A story? It is an emotional rather than logical equation. An earthly rather than heavenly one, which posits that a boy's supplications and a father's love add up to silence. This free verse narrative is a heavenly display of Lee's Vitruvian man-like mind. Between stories of fairy tales and future hardship, Lee catalogs the irony of human relationships in magnifying the one between a father and his son. This is a poet who you listen to and take in as food for thought. His unique delivery and understanding of common shared life experiences is that joy when someone finally captures what could only be described as feeling. And that's what I experienced with this poem. In an age where the comfort and naivety of youth is all I have known, the innate longing for what's beyond the only place I have called home is a troubling one. For the child, for the parents, and for the love fostered between them as it is the only love the child has grown used to, and it is the love the parent has worked their entire life for. As the last two lines hit home, the boy's supplications and a father's love add up to silence. Dead tone. But it isn't melancholic after all, as the happiness and the good almost always outweighs the bad. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Lee Young Lee. 
Make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is created by Samuel Curtis and executive produced by Diane Luby Lane. The episodes this season were researched and written by Riley Kuda, Mila Frank, Dharma Lemon, Nia Lewis, Sakura Price, and Bridget Yang. Our production manager is Sophia Denunzio, Lauren Beebe is our editorial advisor, and our digital editor and engineer is Cyrus Roberts. Special thanks to the entire GetLit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you there!